Remembering and commemorating the shipwreck when lives have been lost can be hard, not just emotionally, but pragmatically. If you've got the skills, ability, time and equipment, you can pay your respects by diving the wreck. In recent years, some divers have done just that with HMAS Perth, even taking the time to fly the white naval ensign from the wreck as a sign of respect while they are down there. But let's face it, diving HMAS Perth is not an option for most of us. Others have had the privilege of attending the annual service for both Perth and Houston held on the waters of Bunton Bay, organised by the Australian, American and Indonesian authorities. This can be a profoundly moving experience, involving a service and the laying of wreaths of flowers on the open waters above the wreck. But again, this is an activity that is not open to everyone. So how can we commemorate Perth in a way that is accessible, tangible and still meaningful? The HMAS Perth Memorial Foundation has been established to do just that, with plans for a permanent memorial in Fremantle, in the city of Perth, Australia. To share more about this memorial, I am joined by the project manager, Commander Jim O'Neill, Australian Navy cadets, retired. Jim, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. There are already a number of other smaller memorials to Perth. Um, I'm aware of a plaque for both USS Houston and HMAS Perth at the Australian Embassy in Jakarta in Indonesia. There's a large mounted anchor at the Naval Memorial Park in East Rockingham in Western Australia. And HMAS Perth is also recognised at the Plymouth Naval Memorial in England. How will the memorial that you're planning be different from these memorials and plaques? The uh, memorial itself, there are quite a few small memorials around that doesn't really tell the full story of the uh, Battle of the Sunda Straits. And it's important that um, all Australians, um, plus um, people from overseas, understand what a uh, significant achievement uh, both uh, HMAS Perth 1 and USS Houston went through. The amount of people that uh, I have spoken to that uh, don't really know a lot about Perth um, is unbelievable. And so it's very important that uh, in uh, Australia, and particularly West Australia, uh, as the ship left uh, for war from the Port of Fremantle, that we uh, enhance that and have a significant memorial of national um, significance to equal the memorial of HMAS Sydney in Geraldton, noting that the two ships were in quite totally different type of battles where the... um, uh, Sydney came across a raider, uh, the Cormoran, where HMAS Perth 1 and USS Houston ran into a massive 80-ship uh, invasion force of the Japanese Imperial Navy. This is a huge endeavour, setting up a memorial, I would imagine, with a committee, designers, fundraisers, council planning approvals. How did the project team come together around the idea for this memorial in the first place? Right. The uh, memorial first came to being early in the 1960s when many of the West Australian survivors from HMAS Perth 1 were members of the Navy League of Australia, Western Australian Division. It was seen then that there ought to be uh, more work done on preserving the name of HMAS Perth 1 and its uh, crew. The Navy League um, was able to get a piece of reclaimed land at East Fremantle, right behind the then HMAS Lewin, and to make it a living memorial, they decided that it would also house the Australian Secret Corps in the building as well. Over the years, uh, they then got about raising funds through public subscription. And in 1964, this all commenced. And in 1967, the 
Memorial was dedicated by Governor Kendrew, the then Governor of Western Australia. The building itself is uh, dedicated as a memorial, but it's also um, a training establishment for the now Australian Navy cadets. Okay, that's really interesting. I didn't know that the memorial's foundations went back as far as 1964. Yeah, the um, foundation actually doesn't. Um, It was all done by the Navy League then. The Navy League was formed many, many years ago and has divisions in each state. The Navy League, when it was put together, was formed under the Companies Act and therefore is restricted on uh, what funding they can raise. It was necessary three years ago. um, I brought the concept to the uh, Navy League executive and said we ought to finish this memorial as it's so important. And there was a uh, letter in the opinion column in the West Australian at the time from a lady who said it's disgusting that governments and other people had not uh, proceeded with uh, a memorial. And I wrote back and said, well, yes, there's been one since 1967. However, later on, I I did track her down and it appeared that her brother, who was a petty officer, uh, went down on her. The Navy League of WA executive, uh, once I've approached them, approved be going the further steps to organise the final construction of the memorial. I then initiated a public meeting and had a committee brought together to um, uh, make this happen. The memorial committee itself uh, has been going since 2018 and we've gone through uh, many strides to make sure that uh, all the I's and T's are crossed. And the um, memorial is now at a stage where the initial application is going to council for approval. Uh, we do know that the um, East Mantle Town Council have been very supportive and was endorsed by their full council meeting just prior to Christmas. And we're hopeful that um, uh, the approvals will go through without any um, unnecessary um, shock. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, tell us what the memorial is going to look like. There's a building on site at the moment, I believe. So is that is that going to be part of the new site or how, how will you incorporate it? Yes, it is. Um, final part of the memorial will be placed on the front of the building and next to that will be a memorial wall. A key requirement is that the memorial be suitable for ceremonial occasions, commemorative events, flag raising and replaying in order to facilitate both public and private remembrance. To this end, an avenue of honour will bear the names of the entire ship's company, with each name engraved into highly polished black granite to emphasise the solemn purpose of this place of remembrance. Of equal importance is the creation of a special space for contemplation and reflection within a memorial setting. Another requirement of the uh, uh, that we set before the um, sculptors uh, is that the memorial acknowledges the all-states make-up of Perth ship's company, officers and ratings, came from all corners of Australia as well as the United Kingdom. To reflect this, the Port Division home port of each man will be shown next to his name. These requirements have been met by the concept design produced by acclaimed sculptors Charles Smith and Joan Walsh Smith, whose works include the HMOS Sydney II Memorial at Geraldton, the National Memorial to the Australian Army in Canberra, and the John Curtin statue in Fremantle. The memorial itself will be in the form of a glass-walled ship's prow, shape space, which is the centre, symbolic focus and monumental manifestation of HMAS Perth 1. 
two steel frame 10 metre long ceramic glass walls featuring images of Perth and members of the ship's company will project forward from the front of the 12 metre wide hall, coming together to give the effect of a ship's bow. A floodlit flagpole will be produced at the peak and two steps will be placed in front of the stem for ceremonial and reflaying occasions. Each wall will consist of two layers of 12 millimetre thick glass in which the images will be fused with ceramic link inks. The resulting 25mm thick glass panels will be grey-blue in colour, virtually bulletproof and strikingly effective, and lighting at night will give the panels an ethereal blue hue. The roof 12m by 10m by 10m internal space created will form a special place for contemplation and reflection. And at this stage, we're very happy with the uh, the concept. Uh, well, I, I've seen some of the design concepts and it really does look beautiful with the photos and the ceramics and the way they interact with the light in the shape of the ship. Very beautiful. Yes. Uh, what we will be incorporating in it is some images of USS Houston and um, also taking a note that uh, on board the ship was um, RAAF uh, crew who um, piloted the Warus and there was uh, uh, Royal Navy personnel on board, and there were three uh, bestmen, uh, civilians, who looked after the, uh, the canteen and, and so forth. One of the other design features I noticed was the integration of a propeller. Yes. Um, in front of the uh, memorial wall with all the names on will be a compass rose, and sitting on top of that will be a propeller. I am making... Um, research um, ideas at the moment of trying to obtain, if it's still around, one of HMAS Perth 2's um, propellers, which I'm hoping is still in a yard in uh, Sydney somewhere, which we can uh, use as a propeller. That would be amazing. How big would that propeller be, though? Would it be too big for the compass rose? No, I think the area that we're putting in it's, uh, would be very significant because we also um, look after HMAS Perth 2 and HMAS Perth 3. So we're keeping the Perth name within the family, I guess. So I want to ask you now about the ship's bells. The ceremonial bell from HMAS Perth is owned by the city of Perth. Will it be a part of the memorial just like the USS Houston bell is part of the memorial in Texas? I would like to think so, but I think that is pretty doubtful. I think the city of Perth have got uh, almost under lock and key. Fair enough. Um there are many stakeholders for this group. So you've got HMAS Perth community, HMAS Perth 1's community, um, and you've also got HMAS Perth 2 and HMAS Perth 3. You've got people from every state and territory in Australia. Who are all the stakeholders for the project and how are you managing them? Um, the stakeholders um, also include the Royal Australian Navy and we've had um, good cooperation from the Chief of Navy. Also, the Defence Department has uh, been very good in allowing us to use the name HMAS and HMAS Perth and their logos. The HMAS Perth Association is also connected, and we are um, uh, working towards working with HMAS Sydney uh, up in uh, Geraldton because Sydney, Perth and Hobart were sister ships. Probably what's not well known is that Hobart was supposed to join Perth in the Sunda Straits but ran short of fuel. Some of the crew of Perth uh, were HMAS Hobart and were going to transfer to um, Hobart. Unfortunately, that never happened. That Hobart is always the missing part of the story, isn't it? When we talk about the sister ships of Sydney and Perth, we often don't think about what happened to HMAS Hobart. 
No, Hobart um, was a very important uh, warship. She did sail a lot in the battle areas up around the islands. And at one stage, at least, uh, she did receive a torpedo. Okay. I'm going to ask you the inevitable question about funding. Who is paying for the memorial? Through the foundation, we are putting in grants through uh, federal and state governments, uh, through uh, Lotteries West and through DVA. And so the bulk of the money will come through uh, those um, people and also uh, what donations we're able to get from the public because it's actually uh, a, a national um, memorial to the um, officers and ratings of HMAs Perth 1 and their families and uh, ancestries. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about the project is that you're dedicating it very inclusively, not only to the lost crew, including the Royal Navy, the Royal Australian Navy, the Royal Australian Air Force and the civilians. You've also included the survivors who were enslaved, the people who returned and also the families whose lives were forever changed by the loss of Perth. Also, um, we're very uh, much in contact with the USS Houston um, survivors in the, the States. So we're hoping to get um, more input from them as uh, time goes by. As we record this podcast, it's 79 years since HMAS Perth 1 was lost in the Battle of the Sunda Strait. What is the time frame for completion of the memorial? It's very important that we try and get the memorial completed by 1st March next year, as that's the 80th anniversary of the sinking. At the moment, we have the first lot of plans and species going into the council for approval. If funding goes well, um, we should be able to um, get the first part up sometime in the next four months, uh, which will be the memorial wall and the compass rose and propeller. We will then proceed with the, uh, the main structure because we also have on the inside of the uh, structure, there will um, be a, a big plan uh, that will be computerised into the, um, the granite flooring showing where the Perth and Houston went down on a map. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, he's hoping you can have some elements at least of the memorial completed in time for the 80th anniversary in 2022. It's certainly our goal. We have the uh, Governor of West Australia, Kim Beasley, who's uh, very defence-minded as our patron and very interested in the project also. Sounds like you've got all the right people on board. Uh, before we finish up, can you tell me what the value of a permanent physical memorial is? Yes, the present memorial is um, valued at uh, $3 million and uh, this will put on at least another million dollars and we hope to, as years go by, and enhance the memorial and also include uh, what relics and memorabilia uh, we can find uh, that people want to donate to put into the memorial. Yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about that? I understand that all sorts of people have been coming out of the woodwork with connections to HMAS Perth and, and possibly objects as well. Yes, um, we have a web page and also a Facebook page, both Navy League and the uh, Foundation, and we're getting a lot of inquiries through there at the moment. The other um, point of the future of the memorial is that we hope to um, have educational um, tours through there for um, school children to um, keep the, um, the history of the ship alive. That is really wonderful. I know the Australian War Memorial does a fantastic tour aimed at children in Canberra around HMAS Perth and it's very engaging and they use the HMAS Perth working bell as the centre of that tour. So I certainly hope that you can do something as engaging with the memorial in Fremantle. The Sydney uh, Foundation uh, want to engage with us, particularly when we get the memorial up and uh, we've got trying to have a um, memorial trail 
with all the memorials and museums from um, Haldi Holt up at Exmouth right down to Albany. That's amazing. Do you want to tell me about the original coat of arms that you have as one of the objects in the memorial? Yes, the original coat of arms, of course, is the um, City of Perth coat of arms and uh, the motto is Floret. If you have a look in um, some of the photographs of when uh, the day Perth commissioned the Australian Navy, you'll see that in the background. And when war came, all that sort of superficial uh, gear was taken off warships to lighten them up and in case they didn't return and were given to um, different states or different authorities, it was a link with Perth. Oh, that's fantastic. You've also got some of the objects recovered by David Birchall in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, we've just got the uh, scuttle that he's presented to the Navy League. But we're also um, having a long dialogue with um, HMAS Sterling, who have a museum down there. They have some artefacts of uh, HMAS Perth one as well. And indeed, recently we had a week exhibition uh, of the week of the sinking. All the objects that were around we brought together with some pull-up um, Woods, uh, which told the whole story of HMAS Perth 1, which we managed to have donated from the National Maritime Museum. Are they the panels from the Guardians of the Sunda Strait exhibition? Yeah, that's exactly right. They've been donated to us. There's a lot of interest in Perth, and uh, that's when we're finding out that people, oh, my uncle or my grandfather or my great-grandfather served on Perth, and he either went down on it or... We had one... Uh, one person that was on the Navy League for many, many years, and his son is now, and his name was Arthur Bancroft. There's an excellent book around now. I think it's out of print now, but available on the net. Uh, it's called Arthur's War, and that tells the complete story of when he um, uh, left the ship when it was sinking, and he actually survived two sinkings, uh, that and when one of the Japanese freighters was taking him to Japan to work in the coal mines uh, that was torpedoed by a, a U.S. submarine. Subsequently, um, six days later, the same submarine um, picked them up. What survivors were still there? Incredible stories. And of course, the other one is um, the cat, Red Lead. Yes, please tell us about Red Lead. Red Lead um, was a cat that um, Peck Waller took under his helm. He got his name because they were painting the ship with an undercoat, which in those days was Red Lead. And of course, not used these days because it was full of lead. And the cat walked through this um, paint and walked right through the ship with it. So it was called Red Lead. And the phenomenal thing about it is HMAS Perth 3, down their main passageway, they got all these um, cat paws all the way down their main passageway. The other thing is that there is a photograph of Red Lead shown on many uh, photographs if you go on the net. However, it's not the right cat. That particular cat is of HMAS Cornwall. And there must be someone out there who has a photograph of uh, red lead, which uh, we would like to get hold of to put the right one on the uh, memorial wall when we uh, complete it. Well, that's a call to arms if ever I heard one. If you're listening to this podcast and one of your ancestors was on that ship, and I know a lot of the men engaged in um, amateur photography, wouldn't it be wonderful to get an actual photo of red lead for the memorial? Have you ever had the opportunity to visit the site of the wreck in Indonesia? I haven't, but we've been seriously discussing amongst our members that uh, maybe once the memorial's up and COVID's out of the way, that we do do a tour up there and hopefully uh, go out over the wreck site. We are having very good liaison with the um, naval attaché in Indonesia, and they, in fact, have a um, HMAS Perth room up there. Well, I hope you can get up there once COVID's out of the way. Um, I haven't been to the site either, so might have to join you. <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be good. 
All right. Well, Jim, thanks. You've given us so much information there and what you're doing with this memorial is really exciting and um, well overdue. And I think there'll be many people who are very pleased to see a permanent memorial to HMAS Perth 1 and also incorporating the stories of Perth 2 and 3. 